This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the MLB Extras Rays podcast. Mark Feinsand joining us for the podcast this week. Mark, thanks for taking some time um, and focusing in on this Tampa Bay Rays team. Uh, We will cover a lot of stuff, um, some interesting moves. We haven't done the podcast in a couple of weeks, so we'll try to catch people up if they haven't been locked in on baseball here in the month of November. Uh, First of all, though, how was your Thanksgiving? It was great. It was a lot of family, a lot of fun, and uh, good times had by all yourself. Is it pecan pie? Is that your specialty? Chocolate pecan pie. Oh, that takes it to another level. It's not just a pecan pie. We got three layers on this pie. This is a it's the one thing I know how to make, and I make it every year, and then I will put all my baking supplies away until next Thanksgiving. Anybody can make a pecan pie, but That's a right. chocolate pecan pie, that is special. Mine was surprised great. how easy a pecan pie is to make. It, it sort of baffled me the first time that I made it. I was like, wait, that's all you have to do? But uh, See, don't say that. Uh, no, yeah. the chocolate it's an, it's adds a whole very hard. It, it's so, very yeah. challenging. <laughs> all right, let's get into the raise, and I guess we'll start with the – What's been kind of the biggest news for this team or most interesting news, although it was a little bit ago now, and that is CJ Crone being designated for assignment. He's then been claimed by the Twins this week. Um, This is kind of the second year in a row, it seems like the Rays have done this. A guy that you would think would be a big part of their team for the upcoming season, and they just cut ties. 30 homers. He had a 123 OPS plus in 2018. Now, those numbers... Not really what we've come to expect from C.J. Crone. Certainly career year type stuff. But where do you think this came from? Was it just a matter of the Rays looking at what they expect him to do in 2019 and looking at the type of salary he may demand and deciding it didn't fit into their plans? I think it was a little bit of all of that. I think it was the yeah. Rays he was going to get in arbitration. Uh, I think it was you know the 40-man roster situation. Obviously, we're having to set those set those rosters, uh, you know, for the rule five draft, the Rays are a very, very talent rich organization in their minor league system. And I think that replacing a guy like CJ Crone was going to be easier for them to do, uh, you know, in the free agent market or, or via trade than sacrificing one of their prospects by keeping him on the 40 man roster. So I think it was as much of a 40 man crunch thing as anything. Uh, and they've got some young guys they want to see play. And I think they have other ways they want to allocate their money. He was basically a DH. Uh, I know he had a, he had a very good year, like you said, a 123 OPS plus. He had a you know an 816 OPS. 30 home runs was you know five more than the next two top Rays home run hitters combined. So uh, clearly he was uh, you know he was a very valuable guy to their team. But he's a DH, and uh, I think there are other DHs out on the market who I think they think maybe not for the exact same money, but not too far off. They may even be able to get better production from somebody who actually has a track record. Uh, you mentioned that was not a typical CJ Crone season. His 30 home runs were uh, almost twice of his career high. He had hit 16 in each of the previous three seasons. So uh, I think a little bit of all of that combined has probably led to this uh, this decision. And this is an area where uh, giving a lot of credit to the race front office for being one of the smarter front offices that I will kind of give them the, you know, 
seems like a move where they're ahead of the curve, where a lot of teams would be like, wow, this guy hit 30 home runs for us. That's great. We're going to get that production for him going forward. The Rays seem to be able to take a step back from this sort of thing and look big picture and think, is he really going to do that? Maybe it's a smarter move to go elsewhere. They also, I think, still really like Jake Bowers, and and he needs to finally get that shot to to shine at the big league level yeah, as and, well. So we'll see. And, you know, he got he got most of the play at first base once he came up, yeah. and I think that was you know part of the plan is he's going to be the first baseman, which would have relegated Grand to full-time DH status. Uh, here's all you need to know. They didn't release him without trying to trade him. They knew that he was going to be a non-tender, I'm sure they exhausted trade options and and nobody was trading for him. So, uh, you know, I think he was probably widely viewed the same by a lot of teams as a guy who overachieved this year. And you don't know if you're going to be able to get that that kind of production next year. Uh, and when the Rays couldn't trade him, they said, well, you know what, let's just release him. And obviously the Twins took a gamble on him, uh, much like they did last year signing Logan Morrison. It's actually a very sort of good combination uh, comparison. But, uh, you know, hopefully for the... For the Twins, hopefully it works out better than Morrison did. And for the Rays, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite them. You mentioned non-tendering, and the deadline is tonight as we record this on Friday afternoon, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Um, the Rays are now, because C.J. Crone has been DFA'd and is gone, they are no longer really interesting on this front. But they have four players that are arbitration eligible. Mike Zanino, Matt Duffy, Tommy Pham, Chaz Rowe. Mark, all four of those guys seem like they're a big part of the plan for 2019 for the Rays, so I would imagine they will all be tendered contracts before 8 p.m. Eastern tonight. Absolutely. have to figure that that's a no-brainer on all four of those. Uh, everything that I've that I've heard, everybody I've spoken to indicates that uh, that the Rays will tender all four of those. You know, Cron was the one guy that was going to fall into that category if he was still on the roster, but obviously we've, uh, we've discussed that one already. He's gone. So, you know, the Zanino they just acquired, he's going to be their catcher. Fam was their big acquisition last year. Uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, they like Duffy, they like Rose. So, yeah, all four of those guys will be back. All right, let's think big picture a little bit as far as this Rays team goes. As we look ahead to 2019, the winter meetings are coming up uh, very quickly, and, and they may be active as far as looking around for everything. And they're at a spot where they obviously had a season where they were impressive and did a lot better than most people expected them to do, but still finished a distant third in the American League East because they have a couple of teams that won 100 games. So it, it it's kind of that dilemma for this Rays team. If you don't go for it now, when do you go for it? And is now the time or... Is it pointless with the Red Sox and Yankees? I mean, if, if you're the Rays organization, how do you view this offseason, Mark? I was going to say, it's, it's, it's such a difficult situation for them to be in because you like so many things you saw last year. Um, and you'd look at that team and ordinarily you'd say, wow, there's a lot to build on. There's a lot going forward. But when you look up, you still see the Yankees and you still see the Red Sox and they're both going to spend money and they're both going to improve their teams. Uh, and the Rays have to just be that little engine that could just chugging along, trying to get things done. And, you know, I really like the direction they're headed. I like, you know, I think they're going into this season with the opener as part of their plans in terms of they don't need to go out and have five starters in their rotation. Um, and they're going to continue to do things the Rays way. Uh, I think it is time for them to go out and do something. You know, I think, you know, getting rid of, of CJ Crone to me, opens the door for them to go out and sign a guy like Nelson Cruz. Uh, you know, I think that's a guy you add a veteran bat in that lineup. Uh, all of a sudden, you won't be worried about a guy on that team not hitting more than 16 home runs or 14 home runs, which Wilson Ramos was second on that team with 14 home runs last year. Um, I think the Rays, like you said, their front office is really smart. Um, those guys are, are uh, 
ahead of the curve in a lot of ways. And I think they'll, they'll figure out ways to improve this team with their payroll and with their budget and with their, their resources. Um, Cause typically they, they usually do. It'll be interesting to see as far as the pitching goes. Obviously, you have the Cy Young Award winner coming back. But Brent Honeywell had the Tommy John surgery last year. You hope at some point maybe he comes back as well. It would be nice for this team, as great as the uh, opener is, to maybe not have to use it as much, Mark. Does that make sense? Or are they all hands on deck and this is going to be the way they do things except for when Snell's on the mound? Well, I think they would like to have starting pitching, you know, emerge from their system and certainly not have to use an opener four days out of five. Uh, you know, Honeywell was a guy they were counting on to be a, a big part of that of that plan going forward. And obviously, you know, with the Tommy John surgery, that that set him back a bit. Um, but I think when you look at their team, obviously Snell is is going to be in that, you know, <laughs> defending Cy Young Award winner. He's going to be the guy. Um but I, you know, I think you know, Glass now is a guy who I think they still have hopes. Is you know, is twenty four years old and uh, one of the guys that got back in the Archer deal. They they have big hopes for him to be, you know, a guy who can emerge. Um, and you know, I feel like there's always a couple of buy low candidates on the market. I mean, look what they did with Evaldi a couple of years ago. Um, that you know, there may be maybe a Lance Lynn. Not that he's going to be a buy low in terms of like a, a bargain basement deal, but he's not, you know, looking for Patrick Corbin money. Um, or something like that. Maybe a guy like Lance Lynn could, uh, you know, knows the AL East, pitched very well for the Yankees after he was acquired last July. Uh, you know, a guy like that could be an under-the-radar signing who could really make them better. I think there are areas they can improve without having to go out and spend 50, 60, 70, 80 million, million dollars um, that would make them a better team. And look, they won 90 games last year. If you can improve on that team, well, now you're in the playoffs discussion. Nelson Cruz is interesting. At some point, is Father Time going to kind of kick in? I mean, this guy, when he went, made you know, when he went to his last stop in Seattle, I think a lot of people said, well, he's probably at the end here after the great run he had had in Baltimore, and he produced every year. I mean, what is it about Nelson Cruz that allows him to just continue to hit home runs despite getting up there in age? It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, I right? think obviously being a DH helps him because he doesn't have to worry about the other part of his game. He doesn't have to, you know, exhaust himself in the field. This guy's just a, you know, I know the old professional hitter is such a cliche, but that's what he is. He just goes out there and hits every year. I mean, this is a guy who since 2014, right. He's averaging what 41 home runs a year, 104 RBIs and a, a you know, an 897 OPS, 145 OPS plus. And that's, you know, that's his age 33 to 37 season. So uh, he certainly shows no signs of slowing down. Uh, even last year, there was a little bit of a step back in terms of a couple of the numbers. OPS was at 850 after being at 924 the year before. OPS Plus was at 135 after being at 149 the year before. But uh, this guy still hits. And if you put him in the middle of the lineup, and uh, you know, you're going to be a better team for it. One more thing to touch on with you, Mark, and that is just the timeline as far as the Rays go, because the teams with the big money are out there trying to set the tone, get the big name players. And it always seems like in the offseason, there's a trickle down effect and, and you got to wait for the big names to sign before the other guys go. And last year, that whole thing took forever. Seems like maybe we're in maybe it'll be a little quicker this year. But if you're the Rays. Uh, when teams are making the big moves at the winter meetings, they're just kind of sitting back, right? Because their timeline seems to run a little bit later where they can get the better deals come February, where you can kind of grab those guys that are still out there and you get them for a little less. Yeah, it reminds me of what the Twins did last year. The Twins waited, you know, sort of hung back 
and waited for the market to sort of set itself and, and establish itself. And some of the big guys come off the board. And obviously some of them didn't come off till late, but then they went out and they signed Lance Lynn and they signed Logan Morrison and they traded for Jake Odorizzi and they made a bunch of moves, you know, in, in February that, uh, and even March in some cases, uh, I could see the Rays taking that approach. What's amazing when you look at the Rays roster, right? Kiermaier has his contract. He signed that six year, $53 million contract that takes him through 2022. Beyond that, there's nobody else with guaranteed money on the books in the entire organization. Uh, like you said, they only had four guys eligible for arbitration this year that they even had to worry about uh, as far as non-tendering or, or tendering. And beyond that, everybody else is three years or less of service time. It's really amazing that a team that won 90 games last year has no financial commitments going forward. Um, you know, so I think, you know, they have as much of a small market as they are and as much as payroll is an issue there, they don't have to worry about, they have money to spend if they want to. I mean, I think right now, uh, even with all their arbitration stuff and everything else, I think they're projected to have like a $36 million payroll. So that's amazing. You know, so even if they go to 65, they've got $30 million to spend this winter. So, um, no, it wouldn't surprise me if they make a move or two. I don't expect it would be any of the big guys and I don't expect it would be any time in the immediate future. Uh, but I do think the Rays will make some moves and try to, you know, do what they can to stay competitive in that ultra competitive AL East. Yeah, for a small market team, they are really in the perfect spot. No contracts going forward, a really good minor league system, money to spend, and they're coming off a good season. It's a good spot to be. It's just a matter of is it good enough in the American League East, and we will certainly find out. There are two wildcard berths nowadays, so there's always a possibility. Mark, thanks for joining us. You can find Mark on Twitter at FindSand, and I'm on Twitter at MLB underscore McMaster. This podcast and all of our MLB Extras Club podcasts can be found at MLB.com backslash podcast or through Apple Podcasts by searching MLB Extras. That will do it for this edition of our Rays pod. Thanks to Marissa Morris for producing and putting it all together. Tune in again next time.